And it is there that we find that Abraham begins to worship the Lord and we find him using the words in the Hebrew, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord he will provide, or the Lord the provider. You understand he still is the provider. Our problem, or not problem, I don't want to use that word, that's negative. I don't want to be negative. Our challenge. Our challenge is we think of him providing in small ways when he is such a big God. He's such a big God. I have a question for you. I really, I want you to think about this. Don't just blurt out an answer. What is God not capable of providing? What, what can he not provide? What, what is it that you need that is so great that God is not able to provide? What is the need of your life? What is the need of your family? What is the need of the body? What is the need of what is the need that is so great that God cannot provide? Exactly. What what, what is it? There's nothing, right? There's nothing. Isn't it something we can get we can get so in knots over something? And the reason why is we think about the need more than we think about the provider. He is still Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides. I, I've told you, I believe he's going to give us a building. I still believe that. I believe it more tonight than I believed it in my whole. I'm telling you, I believe it. Why do I believe it? He's the provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. The, the scripture says that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I'm just going to let you in on something. The scripture doesn't tell us that we know. He owns the hills thereon too. All of the earth is his and the fullness thereof. The writer of scripture declares all the gold and all the silver are his. He owns it all. Now some of you don't believe that, but I believe that. I believe it, Brother Joel. He owns it. So whatever I have need of, my father owns it. He owns it. Why would you worry about your need if you're certain your father owns it? Why would you not just go to your father and say, Father, this I have need of. If you as a father would give good gifts to your children. If your son asked for you an egg, would you give him a serpent or a scorpion? I can't remember. Or if he asked for this, would you give him a... No. How much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to them that ask? How much more would your heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to them that would ask Him? Hmm. I'm telling you, he is Jehovah Jireh. 
I believe it with every ounce of my being. Now, it's probably easier for me to believe that than it is for some of you. Not because I'm more spiritual or better than you. But I've had life experiences along the way where I don't just read him as Jehovah Jireh. He's proven himself as Jehovah Jireh. You know what the difference was? I was here's, here's the deal. Well, maybe we're going to go here. I don't know. Here's the deal. I'm stubborn and hard-headed, and so he has to work at me a lot. And so he, he, he is always Jehovah Jireh. But he will not force himself to be something that I will not allow him to be. That makes sense? So let me give you an example of my stubbornness. In my mid to late 20s, I thought I was the provider. I'd heard that all my life. You have a responsibility to provide for your family. Well, I, I do have that responsibility. But I got to the point where I wasn't able to provide. Bills were piled. I was stubborn. I just kept. Finally, see what, what happened is the Lord so much wanted to show who he was to me that he's like, I just got to let him get in a predicament where he can't fix it. And then he'll let me be who I am so I can show. There's some of you tonight. The only reason God hasn't yet stepped in is because you're still trying to do it yourself. And God's saying, I know who I am and what I can do. Are you going to let me be God or are you going to keep doing it yourself? Because you're a God unto yourself when you try to do what he can only do. That's pride. So he got me to the point where I could not do it myself. It was the love of God. He let me get myself there. He didn't do it to me. He just left me to my own devices. And in my own devices, I kept getting in predicaments and situations where finally I got to the point I couldn't get out of it. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've been there. Some of you tonight are there right now. Pray with me for a minute. In the name of Jesus, Father, let us hear. Let faith arise in our spirit. Let faith arise in our spirit. Let faith arise in our spirit. Let us turn from our own abilities and ways and walk in that which you would give us. In the name of Jesus. I'll give you an example. So, my poor wife, she was stuck with me. She still is. Amen. Too far on now. Amen. Matter of fact, about 30 seconds after we said I do, we were too far on. She was stuck with me from then on. 
Matter of fact, I told her that before we got married. Hey, just so you know. Once you say I do, you will never get rid of me. I may not have said it exactly that way, but like that whole thing about until death do us part, I believe that. I mean that. And so anyway, so she had to go through this stuff with me because of my stubbornness. And so this is the way it works sometimes. This is what Paul was talking about when he said, Christ is the head of the man. The man is the head of the woman. And so when we were in right relation, I didn't have my thumb over her. You understand? That head means a covering. It's a covering. And so she was limited by how much I was willing to let God be God in my life as her covering. She had to go through stuff she might not have went through if I hadn't have been in the picture. But because she married me and now I'm her head, I'm her covering, she got to go through it with me. Ladies, sometimes you just got to pray for your husband. I know sometimes you want to change everything. Sometimes you just got to pray for him. God, you're his head, God. You got to deal with him. I need to get back to where we were, but let me just say this. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. I'll tell you what sometimes happens. This didn't happen with my wife. Thank you, baby. In those situations that we were going through, if she'd have wanted to, she could have said, you know what? You're making a mess of this. I'm done trusting you as my head. I'm going to start calling some shots. She could have done that. She never did. Now, she had some thoughts, but she was with me. You know what I can tell you? I reflect on this. I'm talking about the Lord getting us in a place so he can be who he wants to be in our lives. In all of my stubbornness and hard-headedness and going to, I, I don't know. I would say I do know that there was not a single time she spoke down about me or spoke ill of me going through that season. She could have. It would have affected her covering. She'd had to deal with stuff she shouldn't have, she wasn't made to deal with. The moment she began, to, because the moment she starts doing that, she's stepping out from under her covering. Man, we ended up here, and this is not where I thought, but here we are for a minute. The Lord's trying to help us. She could say, well, but yeah, it's not working. There's no food in the cupboard. There, come on. Yep. But God. Now, let's get back over here. That was a little side bonus there. So... God gets us to this place. You know, before, I'm going to tell you, whew, man, we're shifting gears really quick here. I'm going to tell you how much we 
doubt or sometimes doubt that God is really our provider. Let me ask you a question. Don't answer it out loud. Just answer it here. But I really want you thinking about it. Now, he provides a lot of stuff, not just financially. Okay? That's what we often think of when we think of need is financial. Like, but I'm not thinking about, like when I say we need a building, I'm not thinking financially. There might be a time I'd pray like, Lord, if you'd give us like a couple million, we just go by, I don't even think that way anymore. Like, Lord, you know the building you've got prepared, you own them all? Does he own them all? You own them all? He owns them all. And so it's yours. So when you're ready, you just, you work all that out, Lord. You're the provider. So, but need, he provides our need. When you get in a financial bind, let's just use that as an example. What do you do? Again, don't answer that out loud. Think about that. I'll tell you what we usually do. I know because I've done it. I was there. That's why I said the Lord let me get to the. I'll work more. I'll see if I can pick up some extra hours. Nothing wrong with that. Or, you know what, maybe I'll get a second job. I'll, 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 maybe I'll get a side job. Maybe I'll, um, nothing wrong with any of these things, you understand? Maybe I'll, um, you know what, I'll, I mean, heaven forbid, I'm not going to stop returning the tithe to the Lord because I'm not going to start robbing God, but I'll probably let up on some offering and stuff until I get some things figured out here. Not saying anything wrong, but I'm talking about how we start doing stuff and we start thinking, hold on, does he own it all? A while ago we were saying amen. Or, is this Okay. Or let me tell you what else happens. I'm talking about our provider. Here's what else happens. Man, you know what? I think I need to, I'll just get my credit card. Because I'm sure that's what God would just want me to do. Add a little more debt rather than trust him. You know what the difference was for our forefathers? Our forefathers didn't have credit cards. They couldn't grab a visa. Matter of fact, they were so poor. That was the beauty. They were blessed with poverty. I'm not being facetious or sarcastic. They were blessed with poverty so that they were dependent on Him for everything. I'm not praying poverty or speaking poverty in anyone's lives. But we become so dependent on our own provision that we eliminate the miracle working power of God to step into our situation. Why don't you? I'm not talking about shirking responsibility. I'm not talking about being irresponsible. I'm not talking about, you know, stepping away from what I should be doing daily. Get up and go to work tomorrow. Do your job. Do those things. Be a good steward with what God's put in your hand. But when you get to the point, and you got a need, don't let the first response to the need be, well, let me see if I can find a way to make a little extra here. Let me see if I can make, well, you know, let's go ahead and put it on a credit card, and then over the next seven or eight months we'll figure something out. Or let's do this, and then, you know, come the first of the year, that's only four months away, and income taxes are coming, so we'll get it worked out. We manipulate, and God,
God's going, I'm over here whenever you're ready to see how great I really am. Whenever you're ready to know my power as Jehovah Jireh, I have not changed. I am the same yesterday and today and forever. But in your pride, you remain providing for yourself. If you'll trust me, I'll show you who I am. I feel such a witness of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, see, here's what you don't know. Man, I wanted to go somewhere else different tonight. I got all these notes that are so awesome, and we're not doing any of them. But, but I'm telling you, this has been in my... I, I, I'm going to be just so plainly honest. Please don't. Just pray for me, okay? Don't, don't be upset at me because of this. Last Thursday night, Last Thursday night. Y'all should be thankful I was teaching the youth last Thursday night. Thank you, Brother Lewis and Sister Julie, for the tremendous job you did last Thursday. Last Thursday night when I was praying here. The Lord, I felt the Lord speak to me. This very thing. There are people who are putting themselves in debt because they don't know what else to do. And I'm waiting to prove myself as Jehovah Jireh. And I wrestled with it. It was so strong in my spirit. I thought, well, I'll just pray about it because I'm teaching the youth. Tonight. I thought maybe I'll just tell my little sister Julie, you know what, guys, I'm sorry. I got to take it. But I knew if I start. Here we are. And I thought we were just going to go. I had all these great notes tonight. That, well, I'm sure we'll get another time. I believe the Lord. But the Lord is. I thought maybe I prayed through it. But then when we started talking, here we are. He has to be everything to us. He has to be everything to us. He is still Jehovah Jireh. You know what happened? When I was in my late 20s, early 30s, I had used those credit cards. I had used them well. At one point, we had over $50,000 worth of credit card debt. Because I, I, I wasn't generating the income I had, but I still had bills and I... And so he's like, go ahead, do that. You know, I, I could have saved myself a lot of trouble by just stopping a lot sooner. But it was still, it was still, I was still able to make it work. See, that's the problem for some of us. We're able to make it work. And the Lord says, keep making it work. And so we were able to make it work until we weren't able to make it work anymore. The love of God and my own foolishness got to the point where some of you heard me tell the story. I took everything. I laid it on the floor in the living room and said, God, you didn't get me here. I did. I made this mess. I'm asking you, help me to get out. I'm not asking for a miracle of a moment where all of a sudden it's all gone. But if you'll help me, I'll not go here again. I repented. That's what repentance is. It's a change of how we think. I repented. 
And by God's grace, we never went there. Now, it didn't change in a day, I promise you. It didn't change in a year. Matter of fact, it took four years before we saw light again, it seemed like. But it changed. And we did not go back. And that's been 23 plus years. That's why I say to you, it's probably easier for me to believe him to be Jehovah Jireh. But when you let him, Holy Ghost is trying to build your faith tonight. And there's several of you in this room, your faith has risen. And you have heard in some of these comments, I believe, the Lord reaching to your situation and talking to you specifically. And faith has risen and you're going to walk out of here and you're going to have a decision to make. Am I really going to respond to that in faith or when I feel the pressure of circumstances, am I going to take it back into my hands and in my own ability seek to continue to manage it just a little bit longer? Again, I'm not talking about shirking responsibility. But if I don't change how I view him and how I let him be God in my life, the longer I take to let him be God in every area of my life, pray with me right now. In the name of Jesus, you are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You are my provider. You provide health. You provide strength. You provide life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I know it to be true because you have proven it again and again and again and again. I worship you and I thank you and I praise you, God. I praise you, Lord, and I worship you. I acknowledge who you are. Show yourself strong in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I was, it was the, I, I must have been, give me just a second, let me think, my thinker don't work as quick as it used to. It would have been probably 1999, maybe 98, so 24 years ago, maybe 25 years ago, so I was 27. 28 in that age. My wife was even younger than that. And um, I had, I, I, I've worked all my life. I don't mind work. I like work. That could be a challenge sometimes because I just always decided if things get tough, I can take care of it. Versus letting God direct my steps. He didn't tell me to stop working, you understand. 
somebody getting the wrong message here. Heard somebody say just the other day, sometimes people read a lot between the lines, even when there's nothing between the lines. So let's just be clear here. And so I, um, I'd been working since, man, I had done work and got paid for work at 10 years old. I'd go with my uncle to work at it's Cisco now. I'd, I'd ride with him to work, and I'd go walk in on the docks where he worked, asking truckers if I could pull stuff and load stuff off their truck, and they'd give me cash. That was at 10 years old. At 14 years old, I would work 12-hour days in the tobacco fields picking tobacco. I, I, I don't mind work. I, don't, I really don't. I don't mind work. As, as soon as I was old enough to get a real, real job, you know, once... Child labor wasn't legal anymore. I, uh, I got a job working at a laundromat. You want to talk about a nasty job, man. We had a hotel that we serviced. They brought all their sheets and all their towels. And I had to wash, and dry, and fold them all. Like a hotel with like 200 and something rooms in a military town. Yeah, buddy. I don't mind work. I don't mind work. I did that for three bucks an hour. I don't mind work. I've, I've worked all my life. By the time I was 21 years old, I was doing 65 hours a week on short weeks. And I did that for at least the next six years. And I went from 65 hours all the way up to 100 hours a week and never less unless I was out on vacation. I don't mind work. But the problem was... I learned I can find a way to make a buck to take care of things. And so the Lord had to help me unlearn something. He didn't tell me to stop working. But I had become dependent on self. And there is no greater detriment to mine and your walk with God than self-dependency. Say it again so there's no misunderstanding. I'm not telling anyone to stop or quit their job. So I'm in this situation. I'm 1998-99. And for the first time in my life, I, I'd kept it together as long as we could. You know, you've all, not all, but some of you have done this. You've juggled, you've robbed Peter to pay Paul, and you'll make this fit. And you'll, you know, you'll plug the hole. Like that, what was that? that fable with the little boy that there was a hole in the, in the dike and he would stick his finger in and then water, and trying to, that's what we'll do, right? You try to, okay, let's patch this. Okay, this is curious to this month. And okay, then uh, let's see what happens here. Oh, now this, this, this. And I know, I know I've been there. And I, I said it a while ago in passing, but I know it to be true and you do too. It's, what is it? It's, it's September, getting close to October. And some of you are already thinking, October, November, December, just a little over 90 days, and I can get some income tax money. And you're probably not thinking, I'm going to start praying now about how God would have me use that for the kingdom. Because we're self-dependent. And here's the thing with being self-dependent. 
I'm just telling you because I've lived it. The problem with becoming self-dependent is then I become self-focused. All of my concern is taking care of me. See how subtle that is? I just got to take care of myself. And I'm not saying you throw yourself, let yourself go to the dogs. You understand? But you see how our thinking gets shifted subtly, subtly, subtly. Now, so here I am, my wife and I, and a couple of kids. One wasn't along yet. You can guess which one that was. And um, here we are, and for the first time in my life, the first time in my life, at 27 years old, I think, maybe 28, 27, 28 years old, I just told you I've been working since I, I was late on a bill. As far as I was concerned, my whole world had just crashed. And it was the first card out of many that were getting ready to fall. You know how this situation started? I, you understand, I'm not trying to talk about me. I'm trying to talk about what God does in a process. And by God's grace, may we glean from this. My wife and I were so excited. We were doing so well. We bought a house. Not, not when I was late on the bill before this. We bought a house, first house we ever bought. We were so excited. We bought this first house. You know what happened the day I bought that house? I lost my job. The same day I signed the papers. Same day. Yeah, the Lord, it would have been nice if he'd let me know ahead of time we were going to start this journey then. He decided, yep, I think, yep, them signing papers on that house, that's about, okay, let's start this thing. <laughs> Some of you getting really nervous right now, I could tell. Hey, I'm still here. Not by my doing. He's Jehovah Jireh. Lost my job, thought, ah, I got a good resume, I'll get another job. I could not get another job. I worked at Kinko's. Some of you don't even know what Kinko's is because they went out of business. They got bought by FedEx. It was FedEx Kinko's, and then they got rid of the name Kinko's. They ran copy shops, copy and shipping shops. That's what they were, FedEx Kinko's. I worked at one of those. By then, I was making big money then. They were paying me $8 an hour, eight and a quarter an hour. Now, mind you, I had been making six digits a year. Now I'm working for 8 bucks an hour trying to make in meat. I emptied stuff out because we just bought a house. He waited till I got to where I didn't have anything to lean on. Because he wanted me to lean on him. He wasn't punishing me, you understand? You understand? He wasn't punishing me. He's like, I want, you said you want to know me? Here's the way I'd like you to know me. I'd like you to know me as Jehovah Jireh. 
I don't want you to just know me that way because you've read it and you've heard it and you've sang the songs all your life. I'd like you to know me experientially like this. Because I have plans for you down the road. And if you don't learn this now, I'll never be able to show myself that way in your life later. You understand, some of much all of what God takes you through is because He knows the end from the beginning. And so He's taking you and I through stuff. And if we'll learn the lesson, it's going to serve His purpose down the road. Oh, don't despise the day of small things. He's teaching you something, He's revealing something about Himself to you. He's revealing Himself to you. And if I'm willing to learn, He's going to use it for His glory in greater measure. When he called us to walk away from a house and move to another state without a job, without a home, not knowing what we were going to do the home with the home we were walking away from, you know what? We had zero questions. Okay. Somebody said, well, you're going to sell your house and then go? I'm like, I can't, I can't tell God my obedience is, pre is predicated on him doing this, 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 this. He told me if I'm doing what he told me to do, that's his deal. I learned that. I had learned that years before because of the story I'm telling you now. And so we walked away. God took care of that. That house we walked away from, two people rented it. One was the Rodriguez for a short time. Some of you got the Holy Ghost in that house. I think Brother Joey got the Holy Ghost in that house. After them, we tried to sell it. Nobody would buy it. One person came and looked at the house. One person. We couldn't get anybody to come look at the house. One person came to look at the house two weeks. Nobody else looked at the house. I thought, I don't know what we're going to do. Maybe we're just supposed to let it go. After two weeks, that one person that looked at the house came back and said, hey, yeah, we think we'd like to rent it. They did. That one person bought the house last year. Fourteen years they lived in that house. God had a plan. I didn't worry about it. I really didn't because of the testimony I'm telling you now. He's Jehovah Jireh. It's his. So watch. Where was I at? Oh, Bill. I was late on a bill, wasn't I? Nobody wanted to bring it up. You're so kind. Thank you. I'm hurrying to finish. I'm aware of the time. We need to get this. I didn't know what to do. I thought we we're going to lose our house. Back then, I had a car payment, $318.79 a month. <sighs> it scares me to even think about it now. My house payment was $901.18. I remember these numbers. I don't remember all the others, but I remember these they, because they were, because I had to have faith every time it came due. Laid on a bill for the first time in my life. I was at the church praying early one morning. Just Bishop and I. That was a while back. I was in my spot there in Puyallup. Back in the right corner. Bishop was in his spot up at the front corner in the altar. I was sitting down on the floor talking to him up in that front corner. If this was the front corner of Puyallup, we were right here. He was sitting right there. He would have been sitting like this. I remember it like it was yesterday. He would have been sitting right here on the edge of the altar. I was sitting right over here on the floor. 
and I, my whole chest felt like it was getting crushed in. My world was falling down. I didn't have any answers for my wife. I'm feeling like a failure. I don't know what to do. I'm telling Bishop, I'm like, I said, Bishop, I'm not asking for anything. I just don't even know what to do. I've never been laid on a bill in my life. I'm, I don't even, and to me, it was the beginning, like I said, of the tumbling down of the house of cards. You know what Bishop said to me? I wish he would have said, Joel will be all right. God's got a plan. Just trust him. That's what he said. He quoted the scripture to me. He said, you know, I still remember it like this. At the time, I thought, man, do you even care? Of course, I know he does. Right? It's being recorded. I know you care, Bishop. You love me. Bishop says, you know, the scripture says, don't take any thought for what you're going to eat what you're going to drink or the clothes you're going to put on because the Lord knows you have need of all those things before you ask. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, yes, and. And that was it. That's all he said. I mean, he may have said some other stuff, but whatever else he said, I don't remember. I didn't hear it. (laughs) So I went home. My wife was up already. I think it was about 6.30 in the morning. I said, hey, baby, come here. I got direction. Okay. She comes in. She sits down in our little living room. You had to step down in this little living room in this house that I thought we might lose. I said, I got direction. And I quoted that scripture to her, those scriptures. The word says, don't take any thought. So, baby... I am done taking thought. That's what I said. She's here. You can ask her. I said, I'm done taking thought about what we're going to eat or anything. I'm done. I wasn't shirking responsibility. And I'm not telling you to do this. You've got to hear from God. I had heard from God. I said, I'm done taking thought. This is what I'm going to. Now, at this point, I was done with Kinko's. Because Kinko's had an assistant manager job that I interviewed for because I thought I am well qualified. I used to manage a Walmart store. I think I could be an assistant manager in this little copy shop. (laughs) That's not pride. I just had a little confidence. I've done some stuff. Would you know they interviewed me and they hired somebody else besides me? (laughs) You want to talk about. I thought I was pretty humble already. Yes, sir, how many copies would you like? Would you like those front and back? I I mean, I'm not above that. I'm not saying like I was above that. But that's a long cry from running a Walmart store. That's what I was doing. They hired somebody else. I I said, they said, like, we're sorry, Joel. I said, I just got to know what, you know, I mean, what, you know, what? The lady says, well, oh, you were qualified. I was like, I think so. (laughs) She said, we're just not sure how long you'd stick around. Well, now I definitely won't stick around. I got to get another job. So I started selling books door to door. And I did that. 
And so I'm, I'm telling, that you had to know that part, because I'm sitting here in the living room with my wife, and I'm, I think I stood up. She was sitting down. I wanted to be able to run if I needed to. <laughs> and so I, I told her this. I said, I'm done taking thought for what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to, I'm done. I said, I'm going to sell books. And it was 100% commission. And by the way, if somebody bought, I was asking them to give me $2,060 for these books. It wasn't like a $50 book sale. And it was all or none. I said, if so, and then I got 200 bucks if I sold them $2,000 worth of books. I said, if I sell books and I get a check this week, when we get the check, we'll pay our tithe. We'll return the tithes to the Lord. We'll give our commitment that we made in offering. And then whatever's left, whatever bill is due, I don't mean next week, whatever bill is due, we will pay that bill with what we have left. And if there's money left after that, we will buy groceries. And if not, we won't. Because I am not taking thought for what we're going to eat. Now, some of you are sitting here like you think I'm crazy, and I probably am. And some of you are sitting here thinking, I don't know that that's really true. God as my witness. It's absolutely true. And it would be wonderful if I could tell you, man, from that moment it changed. I started selling books. and my, That's not how it happened. You know why it didn't happen that way? Because he wanted to show me who he was. He wanted me to know him as Jehovah Jireh. And if I'd have just started selling books, I'd have got confident in self again. Most weeks there wasn't money to buy food. Most weeks there was not money to buy food. We never went hungry. I'm telling you, if somebody invited us over their house for dinner, we went. There was no pride. And if somebody said, hey, you want to take some food home? Absolutely. There was none of this. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Now, here's the thing. Nobody in the church knew what we were going through. We weren't trying to be prideful. The Lord just, nobody knew. Still had the same clothes. I was still paying on the credit cards or trying to, but I had the clothes still. Still had the car. Wasn't sure how much longer I was going to have it, but we still had it. Still had the house. I came to church. I still worshiped. Still preached when I was supposed to preach. I was going to have confidence. He was going to be God or he wasn't. His word was true or it wasn't. But I set my foot in the firm. God, I'm standing on your word. I believe you're God. I believe what it says. And I'm telling you, it took, it took a couple of more years after that. That season was about four years altogether before it ever turned completely. But he's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's still Jehovah Jireh. The Lord, he will provide. Would you stand with me tonight?
You'll get this other Bible study at a different time if the Lord says I can. Come on, would you talk to him right now? He's a provider in every way. Maybe you need healing in your body. He's a healer. How about it tonight? Could you repent before the Lord and say, God, I'm done making it work in my own efforts and ability. I'm looking to you for direction. I'm going to walk in your word as you lead me and instruct me. Come on, what is the situation? Maybe it's not financial for you. Maybe it's something else where you have a need and you just, you just don't know what to do and it's keeping you awake at night or it's, it's turning your stomach a little bit. You got this need that you, you just, you've been racking your brain trying to figure out, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I'll tell you what to do. You take it to the Lord in prayer. You take it to the Lord in prayer. And you say, you're God and I'm not. And you're able and I'm not. And I'm acknowledging my weakness. I'm acknowledging my inability. But just as assuredly, Lord, I'm acknowledging your ability. I'm acknowledging that you're able, God. And I bring it to you. I cast all my care on you because you care for my soul. You're able, Lord. Forgive me for making a go of my own way. Break the stubbornness of my life. Break the pride of my thinking, Lord. You are able. You are my provider. You are still Jehovah Jireh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your arm isn't short, God. Your storehouse is not empty, Lord. You are not lacking, Jesus. You're not wanting for anything. You know what I have need of before I ask. But I come asking. I come asking tonight. I come asking. I bring my need before you. Come on, why don't you present it to him? Why don't you present your need to him? Verbalize it. Come on, speak it out. Speak it out to him. Lord, I lay this need before you. I lay this situation before you. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let him be God. Let him be God. Come on, we all have to learn this. And the reason is, is because of where he's taking his church. And we can't be dependent on this world system. We must be dependent on God's ability to provide. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I was praying one day, feeling really, really sorry for myself and the situation I'd put us in. And I was praying and I said these words in prayer. Lord, you know, it was one of those times I was telling God something he didn't know. I know we've all done that maybe. I said, Lord, I'm supposed to provide for my family. I don't know what to do. See, what was happening, my pride was getting hurt. 
My pride was getting hurt. Lord, I'm supposed to. And the Lord spoke to me. And this is what the Lord said. He said, who told you you were and who made you the provider all of a sudden? So I started telling. Well, Lord, your word says that if I don't feed my family, I'm worse than an infidel. Yeah. He didn't argue with his word. Lord, your word says... And he came back with the same question. See, when the Lord asks me questions, I know he's trying to teach me something. And I'm just hard-headed. So he asked me the question again. Who made you the provider? Well, Lord, you, you, like you did, I'm, I'm, I'm the husband. I'm the head of the home. I'm, I'm, you made me the provider. And he just asked me the same question again. I think it was three times. Who made you the provider? And finally, my thick skull, he got through. Oh, Lord. You are the provider. I have a responsibility. But you're the provider. And what I realized when he asked me those things, I had put myself in the place of God. I had made myself the provider rather than letting him be. Now, is there provision for my family? Do I tr seek to take care of my family? Absolutely. But I know I'm not the provider. I have responsibility. I'm a steward with that which the provider gives me. He is my source. He is my source. He is my source. See, sometimes, oftentimes, what happens is God allows circumstances of your life to get you in them. And the reason is we don't put God in his proper place in our life. We lean on him for stuff, but he's not in his proper place. And what God was doing with me was going, if you'll get me in my proper place, you'll not worry about your needs anymore. I will provide all your need. You got to get him in his proper place. Hmm. I'll finish. I know some of you have heard this stuff, but. One of those feeling sorry for myself that God hears you. You know, God hears you. He hears you. Every word, he hears you. I was feeling really sorry for myself one day. I don't know what happened. Something happened that made me feel sorry. You know, we have these pity parties. God's helped me with that. So foolish. You ever look back and go, oh, Lord, thank you for being merciful. Uh, I was praying, talking to the Lord about my life. Lord, you know, I, I don't want much. That's what I told him. I, at this point, I was just like, you know, I just want to pay the bills and eat. You know. Pictures of fancy cars and all that, they were gone. I just want to pay the bills and eat. And I was, I mean, my perspective changed. Thank God. He knew what he had to do to change my perspective. He loved me. And so I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, I don't want my. 
But Lord, like every once in a great, great while, I don't mean like every week or every day, just like maybe once, every once in a while, God, I would love to just be able to have like three or four dollars extra. I'm dead serious. This is exactly how I was praying. Because I wasn't spending money I didn't have. Some of you don't walk out here asking God to be your provider. He's provided, and you're just spending money foolishly. There's a difference. Don't say, well, God, give me more. He's like, hey, you're not even doing good with what I give you. Why would I give you more? The issue isn't my provision. The issue is your stewardship. All right, let's get back over here. So, but you need to know that. It matters. So I'm, I'm feeling sorry. Lord, I just like three or four bucks extra because there was no extra. Everything was going somewhere. Lord, I just like a few bucks extra because every once in a while, God, I would love to be able to like splurge and buy a Starbucks coffee. Now, how dumb is that? Like, I really did. I said those words like three or four bucks extra every month or so. Some of you are not sure how to pay your bills, but you buy yourself a couple of Starbucks every couple of days. I can help you right now. Come on. You liked it better when I was talking about Jehovah Jireh, the provider. Let me talk about you being a good steward, which his word says a whole lot about. And so I did. I prayed that. And it passed. I didn't think anything about it. I mean, I thought about it, but I dismissed it. I'm not a Starbucks junkie, so I just thought it would be nice every once in a great while. You know what? Most of you know this. All three of my kids worked for Starbucks at one point. They would bring me free cups of coffee when they'd get off work. Sometimes I'd have to send a note to say, hey. But they would bring, and, but, sometimes, not all the time. But, but watch this, but watch this. Every week, they got a free pound of coffee from Starbucks. Some of you know, because they supplied you. Didn't they? Amen, Brother Sister Sanchez? Brother Mark? Yeah, some of you, they said, if you didn't get any, I apologize. Talk to them. I didn't work there. But watch this. Watch this. One morning, my, my morning routine often... I, whenever I get up, I make coffee. I have a cup of coffee. I go to my place of prayer, and I've made a lighthearted statement, but I mean it seriously. I have coffee with Jesus every morning. It's my place of prayer, and I have my cup. I was sitting there one morning talking to the Lord, drinking my cup of coffee, Brother Joel. This high-dollar Starbucks coffee that I would never buy. Like the bags, you know, you grind it. And the Lord said to me, aren't you thankful you got three or four extra bucks? Of course, that won't buy you a cup now, but aren't you thankful you got three or four extra bucks for a cup of coffee? I had forgotten, Sister Stephanie, I'd even made that statement, but I remembered. And he reminded me, and the Lord said, You were content with a cup every few weeks. I wanted you to know I heard you. And do you realize how many months you've been drinking Starbucks for free? Woo. 
it dawned on me. It hadn't been months. It had been years. I was getting free cups all the time. And the Lord said, I heard you. This is the difference between you doing it yourself and me being your provider. Now, some of you are going to start praying for coffee. Don't. See, I said that to make this point. You and I, when we do it ourselves and don't get God in his proper place, we do so little. But when we'll put it in his hands and put him in the proper place, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or even think. You know what? None of my kids work for Starbucks anymore. I got a bag of coffee at my house right now that's free that somebody gave me. I got another one in the cupboard from Starbucks that's free that somebody gave me. I had somebody go to Guatemala and come back, and they mailed coffee. I didn't ask for them. They mailed coffee beans to my house. I'm telling you. I just prayed once to Jehovah Jireh. He owns the hills and the coffee beans on them. Please, please, please. May we purpose to put God in his proper place. He's Jehovah Jireh. If you don't trust him to provide for the small things, you'll never trust him to provide for the big things. You know, I got faith for a building. (laughs) You think, ah, you're just hoping. No, I'm not hoping. I've moved way past hope. He's the provider. Can we thank him together right now? Jesus, we worship you. We magnify you and give you glory because you're God and you never fail. We worship you, the sovereign God, the Holy One, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. I thank you for your multitude of blessings. I pray they be used to further the kingdom according to your will and purpose. I pray they be used to further your kingdom according to your will and purpose. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. By your grace, Father, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You do all things well. We bless you, Lord, and we praise your name. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you tonight. Take the word that you've got from the Lord. Act on it. Act on it. And hear me, as the Lord brings into your hand, can I tell you one mistake you need to make sure you don't make? When he brings it into your hand, the first thing you must do is say, God, what do you want me to do with this? If your first thought is, this is all for me, what is your purpose with this? What is your purpose with this? And when you keep fulfilling his purpose with what he brings into your hand, man, he just keeps bringing into your hand. He really does. Amen. God bless you. Greet someone. Put them in his proper place in Jesus' name.